Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Your Heavenly Father wants to teach you today. He wants to talk to you. Not just today, all the time. He wants to be with you all the time, teaching you, guiding you, mentoring you, helping you, protecting you. So we got to become more and more open to him and look for his supernatural intervention in our lives continuously. Look for him to get involved in everything that we're doing in life. How do we get him involved in everything we're doing in life? Well, we acknowledge him in all our ways. Acknowledge, Bible says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. This is the Christian life. The Christian life is all about having a relationship with the Father. That's the Christian life. So the quality of Christian life that you're enjoying is dependent on the quality of relationship you have with your heavenly Father. And I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about your heavenly father. Because even though they're one, they're still three separate individuals. They function together perfectly as one. But they are three separate individuals. And so Jesus came that we might know the father. That's why he came. Christianity doesn't stop with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. It starts with Christ, but it doesn't end with him. It ends with the Father. It ends with us sitting on the Father's lap. It ends with us being held by our Heavenly Father. That, 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 that's, where, that's where it ends. That's Christianity. Christianity is having a relationship with your Heavenly Father. The Bible tells us over in 1 Timothy that Jesus is the mediator. Between God and man. See, Jesus came to be a bridge. He came to join us to the Father. To reconnect us to him. So that's what it's all about. A lot of times, folks, they just stop at Jesus. No, no, no. Don't just stop at the toll bridge. Don't just sit at the toll bridge and go, praise God. Man, ain't this a nice bridge? I'm so glad I get to see the bridge. Well, that's where it starts. But now, you got to pay the price. And go through the toll booth. And go over the bridge. And come and experience the Father. Come to Him. See, what do you mean pay the price? Give your life. Give your life to Him. Give your life to Him. Because that's what it's all about. It's about you giving your life to God. Surrendering all to Him. And letting Him live His life in you and through you. That's the Christian life. Christian life isn't about learning a bunch of principles and how to be, how to be a better person. Or how to be like God. You can't be like God. But God can be like God. And He can be like God in you. He can be like God through you. So let him live his life through you. Let him work in you. Let him move through you. Let him talk through you. Because that's what he wants to do. 
I said, that's what he wants to do. Can you say amen? amen? Jesus was always pointing people to the Father more than himself. Jesus was not going around. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. He wasn't always going around pointing people to him. He was always directing them past him to the Father because he came to be the mediator. He came to connect us to the Father, not just to connect us to himself. He's always pointing us to him. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Guess what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Father. So it says, it isn't a happy Father's Day for me. Not a happy Father's Day for me. Why is that? Well, because I never met my father. My father left me when I was little, or my father was this, or my father did that. Or When I think of my father, I, it's not a happy day for me. Someone else thinks, yeah, it's not a happy day for me either. I wasn't a very good father. I didn't do a very good job. I messed up. Tell you the truth, father, Father's Day gets me depressed. Are you a born-again child of God? Are you a Christian? Have you been saved? Is God your father? You got a good, good father. (laughs) You got a good, good father. You got something to shout about, not something to hang your head over. You got something to lift your head up about and shout and praise God about. Glory be to God, because you got a good, good father. Your heavenly father is with you. He cares about you. He loves you. This is not a time to get depressed. You know, it's amazing. So many times people are so drawn towards the negative. They're so so drawn towards negative things. You know, Christmas time, it's amazing. They say it's the most depressing time of the year for people. That's when suicides are at the highest. People kill themselves at Christmas time. How in the world do you kill yourself? Well, you know, we remember Christmas is long ago. We just think about, you know, how things have fallen apart at our house. How this is messed up and that's messed up. It's just Christmas, you know, it brings the family together and it's just, it's just, it's strife, it's division. It's just, I just, I dread Christmas. And then all the gift buying. I mean, it just about puts us into poverty. I mean, it's a depressing time. Really, Christmas time. Do you know what Christmas is all about? It's about the birth of your Savior, the one who redeems your life from destruction and came and connected you to the Heavenly Father, has given you unceasing absolute fullness of life so you can live forever in a place that is glorious, that is paradise. That don't sound depressing to me. That sounds like good news. There's a lot to be happy about today. There's a lot to be happy about today when you understand and know what God has done for you and that you have a heavenly father. Not everybody in the world has God as their father. That's depressing. Now think about this. You grew up, you had a wonderful dad. I mean, he'd, he'd take you to every kind of ball game. He was out there. He spent so much time. He spent his money on you. He just loved you. He counseled you. He was there your whole life. And you just grew up and just loved him. And you just loved your dad. And then he died and went to hell. 
And you got old and you died and went to hell. What in the world did your dad profit you? If you all end up in hell for eternity. See, you can have the best dad in the world, but if, it, if you still end up in hell, it has profited you nothing. What profits is knowing your heavenly father. Knowing God as your father. That is what is profitable. What lasts for eternity is the most important thing. Doesn't mean God doesn't care about your life in this world. He wants you to prosper and be in health. He wants you to have a fulfilling life. He wants you to fulfill his purpose for your life. He's got a good, good life for you. But this is not what it's all about. If only in this life, this time, in this world, we have hope, we are the most pitiful, is what the Apostle Paul said. It is pitiful. It is pitiful to have just a wonderful life, but no eternal life. Eternal life is what matters. So even if you had a hard life, a tough life, most of your life in this world, don't worry about it. Because the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. When we get over to the other side, come on somebody, you think you're going to get over to the other side and go, I had a tough time down there. There's the father. Father. It was so rough down there. Why couldn't it have been better? I don't think so. I think in his presence, ah, fullness of joy, ah, blissfulness. I mean, just overwhelming happiness in his presence. That's where we're going. (laughs) That's where we're going. That's our joy. That's our excitement. That's what we're wound up about. We might get excited about those temporal things that happen in this life that are fun and good. But bless God, that's not the real focus. Our real joy and peace is knowing we're right with him and we're going to see him in all his splendor, all his magnificence for all eternity. And it's going to be real soon. Before you know it, we're all going to be there. Every tear is going to be wiped away, and everything is going to be more than okay. It's going to be really well. I think we'll just be singing all the time, singing all the time. There's no blues being played in heaven. There's nowhere you can go in heaven where you, you, know, you see some angels over here, and they're, they're over here singing the blues. And you kind of sit down there on the street corner with them, you know, and sing the blues a little bit about your old life back on earth. No, you're going to look back on your life on earth and say, wow, God, the work you did in me through those tough times. When all of hell was coming against me, you were faithful to bring me through. And you developed me, you transformed me, you strengthened me, you did a glorious work in me. And it has affected me even up until now. It has changed me for eternity. Wow, God. When you look back, you're going to do a lot of wow, God. You look back and go, wow, God. I didn't know you worked that hard. I didn't know you were doing that. You were in that situation there. Glory to God. Glory to God. I mean, you're just going to be looking back at stuff and just seeing how much God has done for you here in this life. You didn't realize how he ordered your step and he ushered you into Life of Faith Bible Church and sat you down in the chair and how he taught you and forgave you and washed you and cleansed you and he did all this to you. You're just going to look back and go, wow, 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 wow. Then you're going to look forward and go, wow, 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 wow. 
Wow, 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 wow. I mean, it's going to be wow, wow, wow in the front and wow, wow, wow behind. It's going to be wow, wow, wow. Can you say amen? This is exciting. Somebody say the Christian life is an exciting life. Why? Because it's a relationship with your heavenly father. It's knowing him. It's enjoying him. It's walking with him. So it doesn't really matter what has taken place here on the earth, what you've gone through, what you might be going through. Connect with your heavenly father. Receive God as your father. Not just your creator. Like I said, he's not everybody's father. He's everybody's creator. But he's not everybody's father. He becomes your father when you were born of him. Or born again, born spiritually through faith in Jesus, his son. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are spiritually born again, born, uh, born spiritually, made alive unto God. And now you are his offspring. You are his descendants. So we're not just his creation, we're his descendants. Which means we have his DNA in us. Everything he is, he is in us. His nature is in us. And he wants to now live his life and express his life through you and I. So Jesus, you know, he was always pointing people to the Father. And when it came to prayer, he said over here in John 16. And in verse 23. And in that day. Talking about the day after he goes to the cross, rises from the dead, and accomplishes what he came to do. He said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. You will ask me, as Jesus talking, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father... In my name, he will give you. Not I'm going to give it to you. My father will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. So Jesus is still a part of this. We come to the father in the name of Jesus. He's the mediator. He's the one that made it possible to be able to come to the father. But this is why the father sent his son, Jesus. It was so that we could come to the father. We can come to him and we can ask things of him. And our father will hear us and he will answer us and he will give us the things that we ask for. He says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that you will receive. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. God wants you to receive everything you ask of him. Why? He wants you full of joy. He wants you full of joy. So if it makes you joyful, ask. Get in faith about it and ask. I said, if it makes you joyful, get in faith about it and ask the Father. You know, it's so important we know how to pray. Because a lot of times, you know, Christians, I mean, people have been Christians for years, you know. They're going through, so, oh, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, hear me, Jesus, 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 Jesus. What about the Father? Jesus just told us how we ought to pray. We ought to follow what he said. 
Don't you think? How are we supposed to pray? We pray to who? The angels? The saints. Paul the apostle. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Is that who we talk to? Is that who we pray to? No. We pray to who? The Father. Your Father. You pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. That's how we, that's how we are to pray. Now, you could still praise Jesus. You could still commune with Jesus. You could still have fellowship with Jesus, even the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians how we are to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You could talk to the Holy Spirit. Have fellowship with Him. But when it comes to asking the Father, or asking for things, you ask the Father. You come to the Father in the name of Jesus. Notice what Jesus went on to say in verse 26. In that day... You will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying now when you come and you ask in my name, that doesn't mean I'm going to now go and relay your message to the Father. I'm not going to relay your message to the Father, verse 27, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. And have believed that I came from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. I just love how much Jesus speaks of the Father. I I just love it. Especially in John's gospel. He just talks of the Father so much. So much. Constantly, constantly referring to the Father. In fact, go back to John, the fifth chapter. You say, what was the secret to Jesus' success? What was the secret to his power? It was his awareness of the Father. His constant acknowledgement of the Father. Him having faith in the Father. That was the key to Jesus' success. He could have failed. Jesus could have failed. He was tempted at all points, the Bible says. Now, God is not tempted. The book of James tells us that. God is not tempted by anything. Nothing tempts God. But when God became a person in the person of Jesus, became a man, I should say. He always was a person. But when he became human, when he put on flesh and blood, became a human being, he was tempted at all points, yet without sin. So he was legitimately tempted to do the wrong thing. He had to resist sin. He had to resist doing the wrong thing. If he didn't resist and he buckled and gave in to what he wanted, his desires, fell prey to fear then he would have been a failure. He wouldn't have been able to accomplish what the Father sent him to do. So Jesus could have failed. And you think about that. Think about his coming into the world and the risk he took. He risked everything for you and I. Before even going to the cross, just coming into this world and making himself like you and I and making himself vulnerable to sin, to Satan, 
He put himself in a position where he was vulnerable. He did that for you and I to save you and I. That's how much he cared about us. And he knew to be able to succeed, to be able to overcome Satan and all his attacks, he needed to keep his eyes on the Father. Help keep his eyes on the Father, he kept his tongue talking about the Father. It's a good lesson right there. How do you, how do you keep your eyes on the Father? Keep talking about the Father. Keep talking about the Father. Keep talking about the Father. Let his praise be in our mouth constantly. Let's talk about him all the time. Let's get like Jesus. I encourage you. This is a good time to just read the Gospel of John. And as you read it, pay special attention to how much Jesus talks about the Father and then determine within yourself to do the same thing. Do the same thing. My Father's with me. Oh, Father, I thank you that you're with me. My Father helps me. Well, how are you going to pay for that? I've got a rich daddy. I've got a good, good father. Give him the glory. Give him the praise. John chapter 5, and in verse 16, it says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. How do you know that's that's could be a little scary when you have leaders, rulers of your nation that have authority, and they want to kill you. They want to do you in. They want to take you down. They want to destroy your life. How do you know that could be a little scary? Huh? What did Jesus do to combat that kind of fear? Immediately, look what comes out of his mouth. When he's being confronted with men that want to kill him, and that could kill him, that had the ability and authority to do it from a natural standpoint. He says to them, my father, first two words out of his mouth, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. In other words, my father's working with me. And I'm working with my father. I'm not, I'm not out here by myself. You know, it can feel like you're out there by yourself in life sometimes. I feel like everybody's just abandoned you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody wants anything to do with you. People have betrayed you. But my father. That's what needs to come out of our mouth. But my father. See, that'll keep you from fear. That'll keep you from depression. That'll keep you from feeling hopeless. Becoming anxious about things. My father. When I go to work, my father goes to work with me. My father and I are working together. I don't go to work on my own. My father and I are working together. That's why I know this is going to be successful. It's going to be all right. We're going we're to do just fine. Yeah, but you know, a lot of businesses are closing. Yeah, but my father. My father's with me in this business. See, my father and I, we're partners. We're, it's a partnership. My father's there working with me. Verse 18, therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Boy, Jesus, he really knew how to make things worse. I mean, you know, let's diffuse the situation, Jesus. You know these guys are are uptight, and they don't like some of the things you're saying. I mean, why do you want to just really make it worse? I mean, they want to kill you. Start saying some nice things to them. 
I think you should apologize for some of your comments that you tweeted. Jesus, I really think you need to apologize for what you said. And you know, enough pressure comes, people do apologize. Because they're fearful of man. Very afraid of what people might do. But Jesus just doubled down. And now, he's got them really wanting to kill him. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Because, watch this, he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. They understood something. They understood something. That if God is your father, you're not just his creation, then now you have his DNA and you are now on the same level as God. I didn't say you were God, but just like in the natural, you're not your dad, but you have his DNA, see? And you're of the same family. We're of the family of God. See, we're not like angels, where we're just a part of God's creation. And we're not just servants of God. We're his sons and daughters. There's an equality there. I said there's an equality there. He's made us like himself. Well, that just gets religious people very upset. Verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. So he didn't apologize. He didn't apologize for saying God was his father. No, instead, he just keeps going. Just keeps going. He sees them getting mad, but he just keeps going. Why do you want to keep aggravating these guys? Well, we just want to speak the truth. And let the chips fall where they may. We're going to speak the truth. We're not going to be a part of this political correct generation. Afraid of saying the wrong thing. Afraid of offending somebody. I mean, there's some churches now, you know, they won't talk about the blood of Jesus. That's offensive. That's gory. Don't mention blood. You know, there's been some really good, powerful Christian songs about the blood of Jesus. But they've removed the word blood and replaced it with grace. The grace of Jesus. Because they're afraid of offending people. We're not afraid of offending people. We're afraid of offending God. We don't want to do anything to offend Him. So we're going to speak about him. I'm not ashamed to be a child of God. Come on, somebody. Let us not be ashamed of being children of God. Let's brag on our Father. Even if people think you're bragging on yourself, just go ahead and keep on bragging about your relationship with your Father. Well, you just think you're so spiritual. Why don't you just come down and just get off your high horse? No. I'm seated in heavenly places. Me and the Father, the Father and I, we are one. We are one. The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. I am following in the footsteps of my Father. I'm yielding to him. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. So we say, the Father loves me and shows me all kinds of things, all the things that he's up to. We don't have to be in the dark about anything. The Father's going to show us what's going on. He's, he wants to show us everything that's going on. 
He shows us all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So how many people know you and I, through the new birth, have become children of God? And as we grow up and continue to walk by faith, we become like the Son of God. We are sons of God. And so... Notice what he says here. This is so powerful. That all should honor the Son. See, not just Jesus. This is a a principle that applies to you and I as sons of God. He says that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Do you honor the Father? You can't honor the Father and dishonor his sons. You can't say, I love the Father And hate his son. You can't say I esteem and appreciate the father. And despise his son or his sons. If you love the father you love the son of God. You love Jesus. If you love Jesus you love all the sons of God. Who are born of God. You love the body of Christ. You love one another. Jesus said, this is how they know you are my disciple because you have love for one another. It's your love for one another that they know you really love the Father. You really belong to him. So we we need to be aware of that. Be aware of how much he is our Father and that we are sons of God. We share an equality with him. We've been made to sit together with him and just as we honor him, We are to be honored, and we're to honor one another. That's the way it's supposed to be. And we need to become aware of that, just like Jesus was aware of that. So he understood when when they were disrespecting him like that, he knew they were disrespecting the Father. How they treated him, they were treating the Father. But then he goes on and tells us, if they loved him, they'll love you. But if they didn't love him, they're not going to love you either. See, that's how connected. See, we got to see how connected we are to God the Father and the Lord Jesus and to one another. we got to see how connected we are. This is all part of walking by faith as Christians. I'm talking about the Christian life here. This is the Christian life. The Christian life isn't just getting a little religion and coming to church and learning your Bible. Did you get your Bible memory verse today? Thank God for your memory verse. You know, we get our memory verse. We go through all these religious motions. No, we need to to grow up in our relationship with the Father. Understand there's an equality between us that he is our Father. We can approach him like our Father. We can talk to him like our Father. We can receive from him like our Father. I mean, we're seated right there together with them, and we're all a part of this family. We don't have to try to be nice to one another. We just see past the flesh, and we see 
sons of God, family of God. And we show love and respect for each other. And it's okay to be honored. So it's okay to be honored, even as your heavenly Father is honored. That's okay. We can receive that. That's right and good. But ultimately, we know he gets all the glory. Because we wouldn't be sons of God if it wasn't for him. So we give him all the glory and all the honor. That's what that's all about there in the book of Revelation, chapter 4. You know, you see the elders before the throne of God, and they got all these crowns. They got all these rewards. They got all these honors. All these honors are bestowed upon them. This is good and right. They're wearing it in heaven. But when they walk into the throne room, I mean, they're walking around heaven. You understand? They got crowns on. They got all these honors bestowed on them because of their faith life. Because of how they honored the Father. And so they're honored with the Father. They're wearing his glory. And they're walking around heaven, you know. But then when they go into the throne room. They throw it before his throne. And give him all the glory. All the honor. And all the praise. But then they go and they pick him up. Put it back on. Go out there and walk around heaven. But the next time they come in there and they worship him, they throw it before him. And they say, it's all because of you. For of ourselves, we could do nothing. We could do nothing. So it's okay to be crowned. It's okay to be honored. Religion doesn't like that. That's why they didn't like Jesus talking like this. And religious people won't like it about you. They won't like that you receive honor like that from God and walk around confident in your relationship with him. You're supposed to have your head hung, not knowing what is the will of God, always saying, if it be thy will, never really knowing his will, always walking around feeling unworthy, always walking around feeling like an old sinner, saved by grace. That's, that's how religious, religion ex- expects you to live. That's not how we're going to live. We're going to live with our heads up. You know the name Stephen, this is just a side note. If you look up the name Stephen, it means crowned one. My parents knew exactly what they were doing. I'm going to get me my crown. Who do you think you are? A son of God. See, that religion rises up. Next thing you know, you want to kill me. No, 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 confident. I'm a son of God. I'm born of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain whatever it is I have need of from my heavenly Father. Because He is my Father. And He talks to me, and He leads me, and He guides me, and He manifests Himself to me. Who do you think you are? See, religion doesn't like that. They want to keep it cold. They want to keep it cold between you and God. The big gap between you and God, Sonny. You're just an old sinner. You're just a little worm hiding behind the cross. That's what you are. No, that's not who you are. I'm not hiding behind anything. I'm a son of living God. My father loves me. He loves me. I come in the name of Jesus. That doesn't mean I'm hiding behind Jesus. You know, I'm hiding behind Jesus. Jesus, what's the Father saying? Is he answering my prayer? Jesus is like, just stay back, you ugly thing. 
Father, now Stevie back here. Don't look at him. Look at me. All right? I'm asking you on his behalf. In fact, don't even think about him. I'm asking you. On, stay down there. I'm asking you on his behalf, you dirty dog. Filthy rags. Filthy rags, you dirty dog. Father, for me, he's asking me to ask you to bless him. Would, would you do that? Yes, for you, my son, Jesus. Just don't let him stick his head out again. Because I'll fry his potatoes. That's what a lot of people think. They think they're hiding behind Jesus. They're hiding behind Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. In his name. In his name. It's not like that at all. You know what it's like? We, we hide behind Jesus. Jesus, get out here. What are you doing? Stand up. I feel so unworthy. I made you worthy. I made you. I washed you in my blood. We're blood brothers. Jesus, yeah, blood brothers. That's who we are. Now stand up here. I'm not ashamed to call you brethren. Now come on. Get, get. In fact, just go in there. Just go talk to the Father yourself. You don't need me. And you walk in there and the father goes, Steve, get up here, get up here. Could it be? Could it be? Yes. He's our father. He's an affectionate father. He wants to be affectionate with you. That's why the Bible says that our born again spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Which means daddy. That's how, you know, that's how we would say it. It's actually calling God daddy. Now, I don't say that very much. When I, when I address the father, I address him as the father. But you could say, if you're comfortable with it, daddy. Daddy gone. Because that's Abba father. Abba. It's an intimate An affectionate relationship God wants to have with you and I. Religion knows nothing about this. Nothing about this. It's very cold. But we come to him. We're learning to get affectionate with him. We're learning to, to, to be aware of him. His working in every area of our life. It's not just when you're on your knees. It's not just when you're on your knees doing this and praying. It's when you're sitting down at the table eating. He said, no, we should be fasting. No, not necessarily. Your father will come and dine with you. Your father will sit at the table with you. That's why we pray over the food, because we're so aware of him. He's right here with us. We're inviting him to come and be a part of everything that we're doing. So verse 24, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. And that shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Most assuredly, I say to you, 
The hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in him and has given him, the Son, authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of man. Again, this is true for Jesus, but it's also true for you and I. We are sons of God, but we're also sons of man. There's a spiritual side and a physical side. And so the Father has put his life in us, and we can give that life to whomever we wish. We can, we can give that life to whomever we wish. You know, if people are excited about you and they believe in you as a, as a Christian, they believe in you as a Christian, they're already almost there in being saved. Why? Because if they believe in you as a Christian and they honor you as a Christian, then that means they believe in the one who sent you, the one you're a part of, the one you're connected to. And so you can easily impart that new birth to them through your words. They'll believe in what you say. What you say is what he says. What he says is what Jesus says, what the Father says. It's all full of life, and that life is imparting to them, and they are saved. Can you picture yourself walking around like that? Knowing that the Father has given you this life, and you can give this life to whomever you wish. We're talking about eternal life. You can bring people into an encounter with the Almighty God by having a relationship with them, by connecting with them. When they connect with you, they're connecting with Him. When you are walking in the Spirit, when you are walking in faith, when you are aware of the Father working in you. Now, if we're just walking in the flesh, then even though all these things are available to us, the lights are off. The doors are closed. God's not being experienced. God's life is not being manifest. Let's not be ashamed. Listen, a lot of Christians aren't out sharing the gospel with people because they kind of think they're like a Jehovah Witness or they're like one of these Mormons or they're like, you know, these people that knock on doors and stuff and people are going to reject them. Yeah, if you're in the flesh and you're just trying to deliver a dead letter and you're not coming in faith in your relationship with the Father, you're not aware that the Father is with you and in you and working through you, yeah, then it's, it's dead. But when you're aware that the Father's with you and when you open your mouth, you have eternal life. When you talk about Jesus, it ain't like just anybody talking about Jesus. It ain't like that little religious guy talking about Jesus. When you talk about Jesus, life is being given. Jesus was aware that when he spoke, he spoke life. His words were full of life because the Father was working with him. He was working with the Father. He was aware of that relationship. So we, we need to be aware of the, of the Father and recognize we have this life to be able to give to others. When we become aware of that, then we'll be a little quicker to speak up. Speak up. Speak up. Declare what you know to be true. 
about God, your father, talk about your race. I just don't know what to say to people. I'd like to lead people to learn. I just don't know what to say to them. You don't know how to talk about your father? Well, if I just talk about the father, I'm going to sound a little strange. Well, Jesus sounded a little strange for people who weren't interested in the father. But people that had an interest for God, they understood. And his words were life to them. Can you say amen? Verse 27 again. And has given him, given the son authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Notice verse 30. Jesus says again, I can of myself do, huh? Nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own, but the will of the Father who sent me. He's not out seeking his own will. He's not out seeking to do his own thing. He's out seeking to do the will of his Father. He doesn't seek to do his own will. Therefore, his judgment is righteous. What do you mean? He's right on with his judgment of things. He knows what's right, and he knows what's wrong. He's accurate. Why is he accurate? Because he's not living for himself. He's living for the Father. He's living to do the will of the Father. So he has perfect discernment, perfect judgment of things that are going on in the world around him. Same would be true for you and I. We would have perfect judgment. Our judgment would be right if we understood that It's the Father that we're living for. We're living for Him. If we're living for Him, then everything we discern will be correct. Selfishness clouds everything. The more selfishness gets in there, the more it just clouds our discernment. It clouds our judgment of things. And we become so, no, this is right, this is wrong, this is wrong. You can hardly see anything because of selfishness. Selfishness puts planks in your eyes. It boards up your eye, and you walk around, and you become a blind leader of the blind or a blind follower of the blind. And boy, there's a lot of blind folks following a lot of blind folks these days. And I can tell you where they're all headed. They're all headed right towards the ditch. They're all going to fall in the pit. Let's get the planks out of their eyes. Stop looking to themselves and to other people and start looking to God and look to live for God. The key to knowing God's will for your life is to live for God's will. How do you know God's will? You live for God's will. There's a lot of people that want to live for themselves, but they want to know God's will. But if they want to live for themselves, that means they really don't want to know God's will, so it's difficult for them to really find God's will because they really want to live for themselves. So it's like, really don't tell me the Father's will, please. Just tell me something I want to hear. And that'll make me happy. And I'll be happy about you. If you say what I want you to say. That goes along with what I want in life. But it's not about what we want. It's all about what he wants. That's the Christian life. What's the Christian life? It's a relationship with the Father. It's living for his will. It's living to please him and not ourselves. I mean, just look in this one chapter how much Jesus is talking about the Father. 
Verse, uh, verse 36. Let's jump to verse 36. But I have a greater witness than John's, talking about John the Baptist, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. A lot of, a lot of verses have the Father mentioned twice in each verse. Have you ever noticed that? I mean the Father, the Father, the Father, the Father. Is Jesus our example? Yes. Everybody say it's all about the Father. Verse 37, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. If you don't like me, you don't like him. And if you don't receive my word, you're not going to receive his word because it's his word that I say. Because I live father conscious. I live conscious of the father. Verse 43. I have come in my father's name. And you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name. Him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another. And do not seek the honor that comes from, from only God. From the only God. Do not... Think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you'd believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So it all comes back to the Father. Somebody say, the Father is with me. Notice in 8th chapter of John. And we can go through each chapter because, like I said, John is just full of Jesus talking about his father. Constantly mentioning his father. But John 8 is another loaded one. And he says, we'll pick it up in verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he... And that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Have we heard this before, somewhere before? We've already heard Jesus say this a couple times, but here he is saying it again. What? That of himself, he could do nothing. He does nothing of himself. Because nothing's for himself. Everything's for the Father. Why are we here this morning? Why are you here at church? Well, you know, to, to feel good about myself, to feel better about myself, you know, to make Margaret happy, to do this, to do that, to be an example, to do this, to do that. Ah! It's a big X. Wrong answer. Wrong answer? Wrong results. You don't come for the right reason? You don't get what you're supposed to get. Why are we here this morning? For the Father. For the Father. To know Him. To do His will. To be pleasing to Him. To have a, a, a strong relationship with Him. That's why we're here. Of ourselves, nothing. Nothing. Verse 29. And He who sent me is with me. The Father 
has not left me alone. Why? Because I always do those things that please him. Notice what Jesus says. This is so powerful. I always do those things that please him. Jesus was very much aware of what pleased the Father and what would displease the Father. And he knew that he's always doing what pleases the Father. Why did Jesus have such favor with the Father? Oh, it's because he was the son of God. Because he was God and he became flesh. No, that's not why. The Bible says he grew in favor with God. He grew in favor with God. How do you grow in favor? You grow in faith concerning God. You have faith in him. And faith is aware of him. And faith walks with him. Faith delights in God. That's what faith is. That's what faith does. It's very aware of God and it walks with God and it delights with God. And as you walk with him and you grow in your faith in him, then you grow in favor with God and you become more and more pleasing to him. We can become more and more pleasing to the Father. We can always do those things that please him. That's why we don't sin. We don't sin. Why don't we sin? Because we don't want to displease the Father. Why? Because we're afraid of a lightning bolt from heaven? No. We're afraid of breaking his heart. Because we love him. Why do we love him? Because he first loved us. It's because of this love relationship that we have with him that we don't want to hurt the father. I said we don't want to hurt the father. We just want to do those things that are pleasing to him. You know, you think about King David. King David loved God. He loved God. As a result of his love for God, he had faith. He overflowed with confidence in God. He knew God would deliver him out of the hands of all his enemies. I mean, he had perfect peace no matter what kind of situation he was in because he loved the Father. See, it was was a love thing. It wasn't a a legalistic thing. And it wasn't just about principles and doing the right thing. He loved the Father. When you love the Father, you do the right thing. You do what pleases the Father. That's what it's about. It's not about, I know I should do this. I really want to do this. But I, I, I really should do this. That's, that's, that's not, no, that's legalism. And you'll end up falling right on your face trying to do what you think you're supposed to do if it's not connected to loving the Father. But when you love the Father and then you mess up, you know you messed up, you're grieved. And you just want to get that cleaned up as fast as you can because you don't want anything to get between you and the Father. You don't want anything to get between them because he's what you live for. He's what your living is all about. I live for him, right? This is real Christianity. It's not a bunch of rules, uh, you know, what's right and what's wrong. It's about a relationship of walking with God, knowing him, caring about him enough that you don't want to do anything to offend him, hurt him, or upset him. I want to please my father. And it would grieve me to grieve him. Now, we need to have a fear of God, you know, but even, even more than that, you know, the, the Bible says uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But love is the end of the law. Think about that. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but love is the end of the law. So we start out with a fear of God, and we live right because we don't want to go to hell, and he'll throw us in hell. Born again, not born again, don't make a hell of beans a difference. You need to live right. You need to walk with God. You need to stay in faith. So out of fear, 
We do the right thing. But then you see our relationships to grow where it's a love thing. It's not so much about fear anymore. It's about you just love him. And as a result of that, you don't even have to know what the law is. You just want to do what pleases him. Nobody has to, nobody has to come and teach me about a law. I, I just love him. And because I love him, I'm close to him. When I'm close to him, I know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And if I begin to go in a direction that he doesn't like, I get it right right away. Not because I'm afraid of him so much as I am in love with him. Don't want to hurt him. I'm talking about the Christian life. I'm talking about growing up in our relationship with our father. Just like Jesus. Just the same relationship. Think about it. The same relationship Jesus had, that's the same relationship you and I are to have. That's pretty powerful. Now, here's King David. Loves the Father. As a result of that, he overflows with faith. Overflow. He wasn't a legalistic guy. I could talk about all kinds of things, about going into the temple, eating the bread and all that kind of stuff. You know, it wasn't lawful for him to eat and everything else. We could talk all about these legalistic things. Don't want to get into all that right now. But the bottom line is, he, had, he overflowed with faith because of his love for the Father. And then the day came where he followed his flesh, yielded to lust, committed adultery, and, uh, and even went so far as to have a man, a very honorable man, set up and murdered. And he's done all this, and uh, he's okay. He's okay. It doesn't matter what humans find out about it. He'll just throw them in jail, tell them to shut up. Not a problem. And we don't know how, how long this went on until all of a sudden one day a prophet walks in by the name of Nathan. And the prophet begins to speak to him. And when the prophet's finished, David knows that the father just spoke to him. That God just spoke to him. And the father calls out what David did. David was devastated. He was devastated. His sin devastated him. The prophet came right back and says, God has taken away your sins. You're forgiven. You're not going to go to hell for this. David couldn't get over it. He struggled for the rest of his life because of what he did to the Father. He mocked God. God said to him through the prophet, he said, because of this deed, you have given great occasion to my enemies to mock. The enemies of the Lord, they're mocking me. Demons are mocking me because of what you did. David's wiped out. He just can't even believe he just did that. And that's why he says over here in Psalm 51. You got a little bit more time this morning? Let's give the Father a little bit more. It's Father's Day, and then we'll be gone. We'll just go out with the Father. But notice, Jesus, uh, as a result, David speaks this psalm. It says here, it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. He says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Now watch this. Against you, you only have I sinned. And done this evil in your sight. He says, I have done this against you. Father. I've done this to you. When you sin, 
you're sticking it to God. If you sin, you're mocking him. Now, from a fear aspect, we don't want to mock God. But we want to grow up as Christians and move up, not, not away from fear, but we want to come up higher, build on that foundation, and get over here in love. Get over here in love and realize I don't want to ever mock God. Walking in the flesh mocks God. That's why he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he also reaps. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Sowing to the flesh, walking in the flesh, it's mocking God. Now, if you have a heart for him, that hurts. If you don't have a heart for him, if you haven't developed your love relationship with him, it doesn't really hurt all that much. You might be a little concerned about it, but that's about it. But you've got to know how much what you're doing is directly connected to God. And that you are mocking and hurting him. And so David, he hurt. He hurt because he couldn't believe that he did this to the Father. So that's why you and I, we don't want to do, the, we don't want to do anything that's offensive to God because we just love him too much. See, it's going to be easier to do the right thing when you have the right motives and you're doing it for the right reason. It's not about religion. Trying to do the right thing. I know I should. I know I should because these are the laws. These are the commandments. This is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, right. And then you're going to keep flip-flopping all the time because the purpose for living right isn't strong enough. But when it's love, then there's nothing stronger than love. And when you've got love, you're going to live right. You're going to live right in the sight of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say, the love of God has been poured out into my heart by the Holy Spirit. God's living in me. His love is in me. Yeah, so many times before I even minister or whatever, it might not even be at church, it might be just doing something else, involves other people. I'll just say, Lord, Lord, uh, think through my thoughts, speak through my lips, love through me, touch people through me, love God, work through me, and just have faith that the Father does the work. The Father's doing the touching, the Father's doing the loving. Can you say amen? Somebody say, God's love is in me. I'm going to let it flow through me. I'm going to let it go out and touch the world around me. The world doesn't need another, they don't need another religious sermon. They don't need another self-righteous person going up to them and telling them what's right and what's wrong. What they need is some folks that walk with the Father in a very deep and overflowing relationship. A love relationship. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Somebody say, sign me up. Sign me up. Hallelujah. How many want to grow deeper in your relationship with the Father? Come on, somebody. Today's a happy day. Because we have a father who loves us, who cares about us, who's with us. He'll never leave us, and he'll never forsake us. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Let's thank the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. 
While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.